Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a well-rounded, happy, goal-crushing athlete. Every week, myself, sports journalist Molly Herford, and cycling coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford interview experts and chat through all of your training questions. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? It's going well. Yeah, I'm enjoying it all. It's it's a lot, but it's there, so it's it's good. Good start to 2023. Yeah, yeah. no, it's been full on, but uh, we had a break, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So we were just in Western Massachusetts, my old stomping grounds. Got to catch up with some people from my cyclocross days. Just such a fun time reconnecting with everyone, and it was maybe not the most perfect training weekend in the universe. I. Did more hiking than running, I think, and still managed to get in a bit of running, but like definitely was focused more on spending time with friends, their dogs, our dog, their kids, uh, all that. And I think in my my New Year's word of the year, intentional, I think that actually fit the bill really nicely uh, instead of trying to cram everything in and hit all of the, you know, okay, I got the workout in. Oh, I got the extra work done. I did this. I did this. I did this. Uh, it ended up just being a really nice weekend spent with friends felt really good and yeah hitting hitting the week feeling feeling rejuvenated mm-hmm. i think so i think being where you are i guess is the i guess that's with your word i guess of the year but mm-hmm. uh yeah no it was a great weekend yeah so anything uh anything else exciting we have a couple good posts up on the the website right now we're back into 2023 content Coming in hot, lots of fun stuff planned for the new year. Yeah, I mean, the one I worked on last week was uh, testing nerves and race nerves and how they're sort of related and what you can do about it. So if you're someone who really struggles with race nerves, why you might want to look at testing. And if you're someone who has trouble with testing, why you might want to, you know, play around with testing in different types. So we have that post up there. Uh, what did you work on last week? I love that. Well, I worked on getting on Zwift for an article for, for bicycling. So I hopped on Zwift for the first time ever, really pretty quickly i should probably get banned from zwift because i am not mature enough to handle it but we'll see how it goes in the next uh couple weeks i think it I... could be good for you i think bit. i think so it's just really like, i don't know if anyone else feels this way i think probably and this is probably where like some of these like overtraining issues come in it is so hard to have someone in front of you and not close the gap especially when the app is literally telling you to close the gap. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if my brain works differently, like, or I don't understand video games or something. But yeah, I don't have that at all. I just, I think they just look like moving colors or something. To oh me. my yeah. gosh! I wish I could get to that point, but my competitive, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I would say I, because I also tried it uh, this week, and yeah, I, I found that the the routes, and I was like more upset that I couldn't do more navigation and exploring. Like I wanted it to be more like a car racing game where I, you know, you're always turning left and right, and there was a little bit of that, but I think. My my preference would be to have more of this, you know, left, right, you know, turns and, and exploring and getting lost. And yeah, I actually kind of do. I agree. I sort of wish they had more of like a Grand Theft Auto vibe where you're not just driving around, but also did you want to like hit people with your I tire? I don't think you should hit <laughs> people. And- <laughs> to be clear, I don't want to hit people with my bike. Have on you ever Swift. played Grand Theft Auto? I no. think that's the base of no, the game. No, I haven't. But more, I want stuff to be happening. Like I want to like flat or bonk like just have my character just have stuff happen mm-hmm. i think that would actually be a fantastic addition to the yeah the maybe world. you'd have to have like maybe you only have so many tubes and you'd have to you know if you're yeah, out of yeah. tubes it'd be like being out of lives or something yeah exactly could be yeah well there you go so if anyone's developing games there you could have one that was more more game maybe it's out there i'm sure it's out there 
Yeah. So there you have it. So that's that's what we, we've Good. been up to. And then our the Stacy Sims was on the podcast. There was that last week or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Okay, last yeah. week was uh, our Born to Run two. Oh, so. that's right too. So two great weeks of episodes. If you mm-hmm. missed it in your holiday rush, I know a lot of the schools, uh, at least in in our part of Canada, uh, just went back. I think actually today. So. Good luck with that. Uh, but yeah, if you missed the episodes, those are two great ones, I think, two popular guests back on the show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and hitting just a very, very wide range of topics, which is which is nice. Uh, I love it. And yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed the one with uh, with Chris McDougall from Born to Run. We definitely meander a little bit at the beginning there as we're talking about Fast and the Furious. But if you know me, you know I love that. So there you have it. Uh, anyway, before we get into today's topic, we just want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, which is AG1 by Athletic Greens. Uh, I mean, honestly, what can I say? It's been over a year since we've been using AG1 every day, and I, I really love it. <laughs> it's got kind of all, all of the things you need in a supplement, your vitamins, your minerals, your probiotics, your prebiotics, your adaptogens, and of course, your greens. So honestly... When it comes to like the one thing you could take every day, this is pretty much your your best bet. It's NF- NSF certified, which is great for anyone who's concerned about a just ingesting you know stuff that's on the label into their bodies and making sure that's all they have. Uh, plus, anyone who's you know in the testing pool for sport, really important to have that third party certification. Just yeah, could not could not stress that enough, especially at this time of year when everyone's kind of getting into these health kicks and maybe hopping on Amazon to look for their various supplements and protein powders and whatnot. Just that PSA to definitely make sure you're getting that third party certification. But honestly, love AG1. I think the taste is fantastic. It's a great way to start my morning and feel like I'm actually hydrating because especially when I'm here, uh, we have a big pot of coffee. I love a big coffee pot. But I know if I don't have water in the morning, things are not going to go great for the rest of the day. So having that AG1 to kind of force me to drink my pint of water is definitely awesome. So yeah, that's... (laughs) And then there's, you know, if folks wanted to try it, then there's, we have a a link that they can get a special bonus. Can you tell us about the special bonus? (laughs) Yes, I can. So if you do want to try it, and I love the fact that this actually comes with travel packs, uh, AG1 or Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D, which I mean, is just so, so important for immune health. It's an, it's an oil because it is like a fat soluble supplement. So it comes in like a separate little dropper. And I think it kind of has like a cucumbery flavor to it. I really enjoy it. Uh, you get that and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H. Again, athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H because consummate was way too hard to spell. Uh, and you can take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And if you do, please let me know what you think it tastes like because I keep saying papaya vanilla and I actually don't know what a papaya tastes like, but that's just the vibe that I get. So I'd love to hear what you think. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So All we're right. into today's question is, is a popular one. Uh, and so it's, we're going with, should I use power, heart rate or feeling? I love this. And I'll be honest, the should I use feeling doesn't usually come up as a question on its own. But No, I think that's one that you're kind of prompting Yeah, sort of reminding uh, folks about. It's usually the question is something, you know, now that I have power, I don't use heart rate. I threw my heart rate strap out. Um, 
it can come up in terms of weather you know it's cold weather so now my heart rate's different so heart rate sucks or what should i do or i went really hard because my heart rate was lower uh you can get certainly we're all familiar with the higher heart rates where we're coming back from training and our heart rate's higher uh altitude uh extreme heat so usually around may may in canada at least we have these like really humid hot days all of a sudden and everyone's heart rate goes higher so it's a question of you know do you use it uh, so yeah, so that's what we're going to cover today is, is this, all this like, should I use one or the other? Uh, and, and some of these common uh, issues or are the issues, I guess, right? Common questions. I like that. And maybe before we get into the exact thing, you know, everyone kind of knows that they have different power from the guy next to them. Okay, not everyone knows that. A lot of people maybe think that they have the exact same power I as the I guy next to them. I think I have a higher power than higher the guy power. next to me. That's what I think. Darn right. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, we sort of know that power is based on fitness. It's, you know, based on weight, musculature, etc. We're sort of aware that power is like a changing metric, I guess. But I think people think of heart rate as... Not for me. My power is always the same. Yeah. 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 Okay. So <laughs> you might be... <laughs> you're, you're the the one person. You're the, you're the snowflake. Um but heart rate, I think people have that it's, you know, 180 minus your age, or this is, this is like the, the general zones, one, two, three, four, five. So naturally, like, I'm going to fall into it. My highest heart rate was this when I was 30. So now that I'm 50, it's still the exact same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So can we maybe talk about the fact that heart rate is kind of a very individualized metric, even though it maybe doesn't come out like that when you read the articles or see the like zone one, two, three, four, five. Because mm. you would never have that with power, right? Like your power is related to like you plug in what your like threshold power is. But yeah. then for some reason, the heart rate scales are always with actual numbers instead of percentages of your max heart rate or most of the time they are. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends how people use it. I try and go back to percentages and we generally will just use percent of max heart rate and then triangulate that off of things. But um, how often are cyclists checking their max heart rate this is my other question because like, i mean I if you're tell you what mine so is. yeah you run into issues like i have clients who don't race anymore they're getting older and they just bike pack or something so you do get into an issue where if you're using a even a threshold zone like a lot of people don't like doing threshold tests right and so you do run into an issue if you're basing zones off of things especially when you're talking about folks who have been racing or, or training or riding for decades certainly you're going to see changes and those aren't always aging changes i know you know when i went from being you know a relatively untrained 16 year old to when i became you know a pretty high trained 20 year old i think i lost 10 beats so to speak you know my heart got bigger is what we imagine so it could beat more but i actually lost some of that max heart rate and you see that all the time like if you go ride with a you know 10 year old kid their heart rate's probably 200 beats the entire time because yeah. they're these little tiny hearts that haven't been endurance trained um, and they're just growing as people and organisms, right? So uh, I don't know, we, we should keep this <laughs> on track, but uh, all that to say, you know, heart rate's very changeable, but I would say power is equally so. I think it's a farce to think that, farce? I, I don't know. It's untrue to think that uh, power doesn't, your threshold doesn't change daily. And that's why we have zones. So if you look at the zone, this is, I always go, a little wild because we all think you know you go onto a program on the internet that you ride your bike on uh and they they will say ride at 200 watts because that's sort of the middle of the zone so they give you a target but we always want to understand that there's always a plus minus 10 or 20 percent in the zone if you look at your zones based on your threshold 
uh, you know, it's going to be, if I pick, you know, your threshold zone, they say is, is say 90% to 105%. So that's 15%, you know, at least 5% each way. Uh, that that's great, right? That's in the zone. So we want to be careful because power can certainly undulate day to day. And that'll, that'll undulate with your fatigue. Uh, that'll undulate with uh, the weather, right? Like again, power is this external work you're doing, uh, the output you're putting out, but your body can be under all sorts of different strain. You know, again, we've all felt this going to altitude and seeing performance decrease or on a super humid day, performance decreasing. So your wattage is less, your, your, in effect, your threshold is less. Yeah, that, that kind of makes me think of, you're kind of looking, you, you kind of want to look at heart rate and power, and heart rate is more of the internal measure, sure. and then power is sort of the external measure. Yeah. So, uh, what, what would that be in like a, a works, like a work kind of sphere? I'm trying to think of like a good metaphor for it. Um, I think it is a bit of like process versus outcome to some extent, like the heart rate is the, the process and the power is the outcome, like the power is the output. Mm-hmm. And so both are good. I think whether, I, I don't know, in your business analogy, I don't know, it'd be like how much, you know, strain, strain is, you know, sometimes this internal load, you could say strain. So it'd be like, how hard is everyone working in the business? And there might be like other factors in the business that are, you know, stressing people out or, you know, whatever environmental factors, you know, say there's a pandemic and everyone's really stressed. But the power would be like the profit that you're bringing yeah, in. Yeah, but then it's actually like at some point there's like, where's the money, <laughs> right? Uh, and so that is like, power is relevant but then we have to be careful because power isn't exactly what's going to win you a race no one gives you a prize for the the most power especially if you think about off-road disciplines right uh if you're a very efficient and skilled rider you you know if i ride behind a brand new rider i barely have to pedal right because their fitness isn't that high but they also are braking so much you know you, you're you, you never really you just can coast almost behind uh and you know just slowly accelerate so uh all that to say is you know power is only a piece of that as we say fitness for the task so we have to be careful that like power is everything um but that's we'll stay on this heart rate and power and feeling uh, yeah. idea okay so what's what's the answer then i guess do we use well, heart rate or power yeah I just, did we make do we, we covered that first idea you had there like the changeableness yeah i think it's just that both of them are very changeable metrics both of them are highly individualized metrics your heart rate is not going to be the same as your buddies mm-hmm. that's okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your max heart rate is not going to be the same well, as your buddies so, yeah so maybe the so the whether you're using percent of max heart rate or percent of threshold for any of these zones um uh, you know the testing or the racing so usually i'll just go in and if someone's raced you know a bit they did some cyclocross racing you're generally going to see you know a 30 minutes or one hour peak heart rate and you're probably going to see a, a pretty high you know say five second heart rate and as long as their data is good then that's you know you pull out your max off the five second and 30 to 60 around for sorry what we might call that threshold um and again it, I, I don't really feel like for most people it needs to be that exact you just don't want it to be so hard that you're failing workouts so if if you're like not able to do the workout by heart rate or power like if just not lining up then that's a good sign you know it re- needs to be adjusted it's not you it's that you know it just you don't have a great setting so the classic is like someone's maybe set their threshold based on their july fitness and they haven't done anything you know they took august september october off well, you have to reset that. So now it might be 250 or something for your threshold, uh, which is hard. Everyone gets upset about that, but that's it is a setting uh, that you need to adjust, especially for these indoor trainer uh, settings, right? Outside, you would just do the workout probably and you'd just <laughs> not even realize. Um, but there you go. So setting the zones, I think, is important. Um, 
setting the zones, revisiting the zones. I think, yeah, using both is probably your your best bet. So it shouldn't really be an either or. So all or. three, yeah. And then it depends what you're trying to do, right? So if you, we always talk about you're doing your 100 mile or you didn't even look at your watch for the whole 100 mile race. No, I not, covered not really, it. Right, you used the timer maybe. So you would say that you did it by feeling, yeah. right? You didn't sprint. And when, you know, someone early in the race, the guys are all trying to be heroes for the first 5K of 100 miles, uh, you know, you, you would back off and you would walk, right? You got to a hill, you would back off. You wouldn't just keep running, you know, at you know, you, and, and you didn't even use heart rate, but you could, you could have, you know, in our endurance things, you might've used like 75 or 80% of max heart rate. And you just on a hill, you just wouldn't push it higher than that. Um, but I think for most long endurance stuff and people who have trained well, they, they're going to bias to using a lot of feeling, which is a good argument for using feeling and training to make sure that you are developing that feeling and not super reliant on power or heart rate. Um, mm -hmm. but now if I was doing, you know, a really hard set of intervals, power can actually be great because it's like a motivator and, and a guide for like trying to hit those targets, you know, and get a little bit better than last week and a little bit better than last week if we can, or, you know, at least maintain throughout the workout. So if I did 300 Watts on the first one, 300 Watts on the next one, uh, and I would probably almost disregard heart rate in that, that sense. So it's more of a feeling and a power that I would be using for some of these high intensity things. And I guess maybe that's the difference between heart rate and power. Your heart rate might like change and undulate slightly, you know, as the years go on or as you get, as you get fitter or as you get older, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but power is or less fit. Yeah. yeah, yeah or less fit. Yeah. Uh, power is the needle you want to move in the positive direction. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. I mean, a lot of times uh, they, uh, we will think that the heart rate's going to go up. You know, if I race a mountain bike race for 90 minutes, I can bet you pretty much it's going to be around 168 to 170, you know, unless there was some weird thing, right? Sometimes a muddy race or a cold race might be really low or, or lower, I should say. But for like the last 10 years, it's been pretty much that's where it ends up. So um, it's pretty consistent, the heart rate. Um, from that, but it, but I could be all sorts of different fitnesses. I could be the last place sometimes and have a very poor race and have that heart rate. I guess that was my point, right? The, the performance can vary at that heart rate, right? Because the strain on the body, if the body's less fit, you know, July versus January fitness, does that make sense that your heart rate, mm -hmm. you know, and your feeling, right? So this is the cool thing about feeling, I think. If I say, how hard was that race? And I say 10 out of 10, in January, a mountain bike race, 10 out of 10 is gonna be different than July, 10 out of 10, hopefully. Right. Hopefully right. I'm going a whole lot faster in July at 10 out of 10. And mm -hmm. that's sort of the neat thing is that you could, when you track that feeling, um, you know, unofficially, or if you're really good about like documenting this workout by workout, then you can actually start seeing that progression of like, oh yeah, this workout, you know, five by three, just like was just really, you know, by power, it was poor. And it was just like, I had to lay on the couch for two weeks. Uh, but then in July, maybe you're doing it with like even a bunch of extra endurance or, you know, some tempo with it and, and your capacity. And then you get off and it's like just an, a good workout. Right. But you didn't, you weren't like completely done. So it's right. interesting uh, how feeling can get sort of triangulated with these three. And that's, that's really what we're going after. Mm hmm. Now, should we talk about maybe any of the limitations of all three? Because I think if we're talking about using all of them, I think it's also worth pointing out that all of them on their own have major limitations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and advantages, I guess it, it's just you want to use it for the right thing, right? So, mm -hmm. so I think, you know, I like the idea that you would maybe for like endurance and tempo, we're going to maybe be more guided by heart rate to keep the strain such that 
we're not going into that moderate zone. You know, this is our cliche of endurance training is you do your endurance too hard. So we're trying to use heart rate as a little objective, like just don't go over. Um, is it perfect? Probably not, but you're just trying to give a bit of a limit. You know, it's often somewhere around 75%, whether we're talking power, it's percent of threshold around 75 uh, or heart rate around 75. Again, we can debate back and forth like two or three percentages, but that's about where usually most zones put it. Certainly, I'd say probably far too many people do their endurance rides and runs thinking more in terms of, well, I guess not runs because most people aren't running with run power. We'll say rides. Most people do their endurance rides over what their heart rate should be yeah, because they're basing the it on power. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like there could be a calibration. So you could, you know, this is a phone consult I do with people. Sometimes we take a harder look and see like, are they, you know, if, if the feeling is like, oh, no, I could do this all day and the power uh, you know, it seems like you can do it all day and you, and the power is what we're sort of looking for is yes, that could be true. Like you can finish a three hour ride. That's, you know, tempo or too hard, so to speak, but you want to sort of look at is the performance stable. If it's, if it's like really that heart rate's decoupling and coming off of that. And then maybe you also are very tired in the days after those would be signs that that probably was in the middle ground and your heart rate wasn't sort of, you know, lying, um, but there are some people who it's just higher for, and, and that can be just they're wired up that aerobic threshold, the top of the zone two is, is higher or what, a, you know, a lot of times you'll see is that those people don't like to go really hard. So their, their max heart rate is artificially low perhaps, but that's, it's a slippery slope to start saying that like, I believe my max heart rate is higher, but I've never touched it. Right. Uh, and I just want to ride hard all the time. And, and the tricky bit with it is that an endurance ride often, especially if it's not very long, you know, again, this is the nice thing about feeling is riding an hour at your endurance pace probably isn't that hard. But three hours gets, you know, oh, I'm starting to feel a little tired towards the end. And then five hours, you probably are are starting to feel, you know, quite tired at that pace. So that's that's the tricky bit with the endurance stuff is that you probably can keep going all day. That's the the idea but the the trick is to try and find just you know how much can i ride and get a stimulus off of that um whereas a lot of times we want to finish it and feel like we got it i would say a, a good workout right like, right, oh, right yeah it was a really good workout and that's with running you see that all the time we'll go out for 30 minutes and just slam out you know a, a not too hard because we don't want to hurt too much but that like moderate stuff so i think just a bit of caution again it is the cliche of endurance training so this isn't you know <laughs> it, it is sort of like but what everything is right is just be be careful with too many days that are just that that really good workout yeah definitely in running it's super tricky because i don't really run with anything other than rpe like i think technically my watch records heart rate but it's not actually a fabulous record like it's mm-hmm. not perfect heart rate yeah. number one like a chest drop would be much more accurate so i just don't really pay attention to it but i know with rpe i have the tendency of like i need to be home at a certain time because I need to like do X, Y, Z, like surprise, surprise, my pace is going to kick up. And even though like my brain is telling me like, oh, you're totally fine. Like this is a fine endurance pace. I'm probably edging into that like tempo-y zone or like the zone between tempo and endurance, that like way too high endurance mm-hmm. uh, because I don't have anything monitoring me. So that's, I think I bias towards RPE is the best. I love RPE. I love subjective data. I think it's really important. But subjective data can definitely get you in trouble if you're not honest about it. 
Sure, sure. And I think that's over the long term, if we can zoom out, you usually see the results of that. That's where, you know, are there injuries? Are there illness? Did you have to skip a day? Did you have to shorten a day? And that's why we're doing this is so that like we finish the week and we finish the month. And, and if if you've never felt finishing the week and the month, you know, then it's hard to have trust that just doing, I always say the 90 minute endurance ride, no one, it's not super impressive. You can't post it on Strava. Uh, you know, no one's going to give you kudos, but that's over weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. It's just, it's, it's, that's the trick. And then what's missing is that then one or two times a week you go out and you go pretty hard. Um, and that's, that's the way, right? It, when you start, it doesn't matter. But as we get into these like intermediate and advanced riders, it's, it, that's, that's the way, um, <laughs> it's just hard. So to your point, you know, when I talk about easy, um, moderate and hard, easy all day pace, you know, conversational pace, you'll hear breathing shouldn't be a whole bunch. People will talk about nose breathing. I, I don't know that that's always like the, the perfect, but it's a good, good double check is, you know, can you even for a minute, you know, run at that pace, ride at that pace. And I will say, I've actually been doing this lately just to kind of check in with myself. And mm -hmm. it feels very claustrophobic at first. So mm -hmm. don't panic if the nose breathing yeah. like doesn't feel no, good. You might want to slow down and just, it's okay. Yeah. But I mean, if you were wondering, if you're someone who's been having illness and injury, then I would say you're a good person. Probably you need to use heart rate, a heart rate strap that measures valid uh, and just test it right? Like this is, you don't have to do it for the rest of your life, but I mean, go out for a run and just see what it feels like and what, you know, check it, you know, run for 10 minutes. What do you think this is? What's the heart rate? What's the pace uh, or power in, in cycling? Moderate uh, gets confusing because it, this is like our sweet spot and our threshold and a lot of, again, folks like to really send it, but then they don't finish the workout. So I always say it's, it's a harder than endurance, but you have to be pretty confident in finishing the workout. So bring it back if you're not confident. If you're getting nervous and you can't even start the workout, then start, you know, it's probably back from what you think it is. Mm -hmm. And again, do it this week, two by 20, and it's it, it, two by 20 even at endurance pace. And then next week, go a little faster. And this is the trick, right? Everyone wants to go too hard in endurance, but then you start talking about intervals and it's, you know, I can't even do two by 20 all of a sudden because I'm so nervous about the power or the pace that I'm going to not be able to hold. And so it's doing it, right? And this, this right. is the tricky bit. Go easier in your endurance and then show up and focus and be a little nervous one or two days a week. Hard is just pretty much that's like this is getting to our high intensity intervals, our sprints, our uh, VO2 would be in there over threshold. So it is hard and it's pretty much by feeling or, or what we say is like max sustainable pace a lot of times. Uh, so it's your five by three. You got to finish the set, but you might start fading a bit depending on how you're pacing it. Um but it's it's harder right so that's where you're once you're over that it's a little more race mode um which you, you sometimes you lose that pacing battle right but i think very valuable too mm -hmm. um so that's feeling so we so we were going on on the caveats there do you want to keep on that like yeah i actually was just thinking about as you were talking about the easier endure like and endurance paces i think with endurance pace while collecting the power data is a good thing i would actually maybe encourage people to hide the power data some days for sure yeah. i was just trying to th i was just thinking about like what metrics to look at because i think that's at, like recording all of them is great and in some cases looking at both your power and your heart rate and thinking about your perceived exertion all at the same time is really important mm -hmm. but there's a lot of the time where like in the case of endurance you're probably better off just governing yourself by the heart rate and not looking at the power because if you look at the power 
this is like where I look at my pace and I'm like trying to go on RPE, but I'm also trying to get home mm-hmm. uh, where things start to kick up, right? Like if you look at your power and you're like, oh, it's like 110, whatever. Uh, suddenly you want to like kick it to like 140 because that seems like a better endurance pace. Right. But really your heart rate is already like smack dab in endurance and like that's fine. Well, I mean, I do think the get home fast workout is a good one. I think they'll like run out for an hour and then try and come back and, you know, 30 or 40 or whatever it is. Uh, In that case, though, like what's the objective? The objective is to get home. So this is almost like a time trial. And this could be a moderate time trial or a max time trial. I love that workout that we do this as one hour endurance, 30 minutes tempo or 40 minutes tempo or 60 minutes tempo or, or whatever it is. Some of my really fit endurance athletes later in season will start doing like three hours and then get home fast um we call it the hard way home uh but but all that to say in that case i and i did this yesterday running because i actually was sort of lost in the forest and needed to get home for breakfast uh map screen is probably important to getting home quickly because you want to make sure you're i was following my crumb trail back through the forest uh so there yeah it's, it's like a great case of like what do i need to know to do this workout so in the endurance thing often the only thing is just stay under 75 percent of heart rate correct um probably of power you mostly want to stay under that too uh, of the threshold but for some folks was they start training with power on the bike this is more of a bike thing than a run thing um you the power can be helpful just to see that you're steady and that's usually the big boost when you get your power meter for the first time is you realize you've been coasting and soft pedaling a lot sure uh because until you become quite fit your heart rate doesn't recover very fast so this is a great caveat with heart rate and i don't think it matters that much but because as your heart rate as you get fitter it's more sensitive so you have to do better with it but if, if you just coast like a beginner will pedal their heart rate will be 150 beats and then they could probably coast for two minutes and, and they'll probably still be in their endurance zone and then they could pedal again and, mm-hmm. and boost. So it'd almost be like interval training. But again, I don't think that's the worst thing for a beginner. So it doesn't matter. But power is going to give you this instantaneous. And that's why the argument people will make for indoor training is that they never stop pedaling. And they can see that, you know, that perfect tabletop interval, we call that, where the, the power is like a tabletop instead right. of a spiky mess like it is outside. Um, so I think there's probably benefit if that's your goal is you need to ride steadier for your endurance, then you could certainly use power and watch that instantaneous or the three second or the 30 second rolling averages. People will do that, but certainly, yeah, I think you want to mix up that focus and what's on that data screen and certainly don't the map screen ride. I call it the feeling ride is, is very important. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe the last thing I'll say on power and heart rate that you can see is at some point your devices are going to go haywire your power is going to drop your heart rate is going to drop like you're just not going to have them or they're going to be just all over the map something weird is going to have happened which Uh, is the best argument probably for well certainly for feeling yeah um and and not to forget it and is that where you were going with that yeah Yeah. exactly uh just that like the workout shouldn't stop just because your power meter is like you know on the fritz or whatever yeah you should just keep going as best you can with your perceived exertion. And I think remembering that is the key to successful training, especially indoors, um, but also with power is just, I, I used to say, how would you do this outside? But I was pondering this the other day. I think it's like, how would you do this workout you're doing by feeling? And so you're on Zwift and you're doing three by 10 sweet spot or, or I've given you a workout and you're doing whatever it is, three by three hill intervals. And there's a, maybe a specific power or heart rate you're su- quote unquote supposed to be doing. But can you always come back to how would I do this? Is this, you know, 
three by three minutes hard or medium or low intensity? Is it just a three hour low intensity ride? And, and, and I think the hard thing or the, the thing I see is that when you're very stuck on power or tabletop perfect intervals on your trainer and, and it goes sideways and, and the tap powers out or the power meters not reading correctly, the workout doesn't happen. But I always say the, my most consistent clients are the ones that either, you know, they have a heart rate monitor, they don't really look at it much, but they read the workout and they're like, okay, yeah, cool. Okay. So this is like a tempo workout. I'm going to do, okay, I'll warm up, ride to the, like the local hill. I'll do 30 minutes of tempo and then I ride home. And they just never even <laughs> think about it. They just do the the moderate, right? Probably by heart rate. Most of them are pretty good at having the heart rate for, for something like that. But I, I, it's just like it always happens. And if some days they're feeling really slow, but they don't, I don't know. It's like they don't notice as much. Like they know they're feeling slow, but the, the power isn't there. So I, I don't know. It's it's tricky. Yeah. I think just don't panic if one of your <laughs> metrics drops is so really I think, where I was Yeah, to be a, a very resilient athlete, I think you want to be ready that like, okay, this power seems off today okay uh i'll go to heart rate and then it's like okay well the heart rate <laughs> seems off okay well am i gonna do it by feeling or is, is, is something wrong um right sometimes you'll have i guess low power and low feeling and low heart rate the heart rate won't go up then this is like actually now you've triangulated yourself to probably this is a good day to just spin it out you know mm -hmm. spin easy maybe shorten the workout um yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, sometimes you might not know. You might need to like get a second person's opinion on your power meter or your trainer if the trainer is a little on, if, if the trainer's not working. We actually <laughs> had this the other week and I was getting furious because it had been like, honestly, the reason was because it had been so long since I'd really ridden with power that I was genuinely concerned that my power was actually like 50 watts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it was super high resistance. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's case in point, like that went and then my power meter went the next week. So just like a, a constant uh, technological challenge. Uh, so again, that's the reason why heart rate and, and feeling, feeling especially mm -hmm. are, are great is because they're pretty resilient to what you're doing, what bike you're riding, what sport you're doing. The, you know, again, the weather, like power meters hate wet usually, right? Like usually yeah. it just stops working. Uh, they're getting better and better every year, but you know, it is like, I always say it's like an iPhone attached to the bottom of your bike Yeah, <laughs> and, and you're going through rivers. You're asking a lot of it. Right? Yeah. You, you wouldn't do that with your iPhone. So it, it is asking a lot of a device to be super, super accurate all the time. And also so hardy that it can withstand yeah, glassword level rides. Rock strikes and all this. So yeah, I think we, we do that, right? But again, we use it for what it is. And, and with endurance training, again, it, it's, it is going to show over time. It's a great trend where you can see those things. And, and pace is the same with your running, where those paces will start coming up and it'll feel easier to run at those paces or ride at those powers. Uh, and the heart rate will be about the same, you know, over time, mm -hmm. uh, plus or minus. And that's the idea, right? But if you don't, if it's only this, the power, it's, it's just very hard to triangulate a lot of these things day to day. And then also on the long term, I think it's also, it can be trickier too, but. Yeah. All right. Love it. Uh, last thing I maybe want to just quickly touch on is the, the question of does your heart rate change with the cold weather? Because we are recording this in January. A lot of people are getting back to training. You know, you might have some fat bikers. Mm -hmm. You might have like, we're just training outside and it's just hovering around freezing. So what's what's the deal with heart rate? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, trying you know, the simplest way to answer this is probably we understand most people understand that 
it's hot out and my heart rate's higher. I think most people understand that, you know, okay, and then this is like, cause we're sweating a bunch, maybe there's dehydration, maybe there's, you know, blood is being sent to the skin more. I think the best way to kind of think about this is we, maybe you don't actually know that, but you know that marathons are like best run around like when it's 40 degrees out, which sounds terrible, right? So, like, someone might understand that, yeah, yeah. Sorry, this is maybe, yeah, more, more the running people, like the common running thing is like, oh, like 45 degrees, perfect marathon weather. But mm-hmm. you're like, no, it's freaking cold out. This is awful. Uh, but then you realize like that's optimal because marathon times get way slower in the heat. That's why records tend to not but get set at the Probably most of us would understand, even just from our own experience, you know, what would you like to go, if you're going to go ride your bike or run or whatever you do, what what temperature would you prefer to go out and, and you know, go up a big hill or, or, you know, a group ride? You've probably felt how it's it's quite difficult and, and the feeling at least is, is quite hard, right? How the feeling changes. Now with cold then, so we have the opposite, right? You just assume the opposite of all this stuff is happening. Uh, it's not that you can't get dehydrated, but, you know, there just isn't that heat stress. Again, the blood's trying to stay more internal. So just that cooling load, there's less stuff you know, or, or less demand on the heart and on the body to stay warm. Now it can flip a little bit when it gets really, really cold that it actually is hard on the body because it has to try and keep everything warm too. Um, but yeah, that's the idea is that the heart rate can be maybe even a bit, we might say depressed uh, what, when, we're, when we're training in the cold. So what do we do about that? So then I guess the it comes up as I'm going out, I'm trying to do tempo and my heart rate won't go out of endurance zone. And I feel like I'm going as hard as I can and my heart rate won't go up. So usually where we're expecting it to go, like I'm saying my heart rate should be 170 and it's only only hitting 165. So sometimes you just need to be patient and let your body warm up to it for a longer time and it'll get there. Sometimes it's like the zone for heart rate is also very big. So probably 165 is fine. It's probably in the zone you're trying to hit. Uh, You just, for some reason, think you need to hit 170. But again, it's not a single target. It's a whole big range, a big plus or minus. So just being a little more gentle with your body. But this is a great example where you might use power and feeling and just say, yeah, I'm just going to have to just ignore heart rate a bit today um and just let it be and usually if you do that usually you find as you heat up towards the end of the workout the heart rate actually does sort of come online uh or or where you would expect i i mean but it's a great argument where a cold might be a great time to use power because especially for fit people like i'll end up again it, it feels like race pace because you i might be doing race pace to try and get the heart rate up but that's not maybe what you're trying to do today so there's actually a risk of where that heart rate limit it actually isn't a great thing to use in the cold right uh, because you could probably do five or ten minutes at race pace and then be like oh no i was trying to do endurance Whoops. yeah <laughs> but i was like obeying the heart rate so it is that sort of like tricky bit where you have to be a little careful and it does get complicated i realize that because it's like well you said heart rate was always the the perfect thing um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it comes to, to me, it's it's feeling yes. plus one, like one of the metrics. And ideally, it's kind of the triangulation of all yeah. three. Yeah. But I think it, when in doubt, is the feeling... Feeling's always the, right. the yeah. right thing. Yeah, and I think I try and give clients, like, I don't ever want you to, like, really fail. There's maybe, like, one or two times I'm trying to, like, really push an advanced athlete, and, and we know, like, they're basically, they can't finish the workout till they've, you know, quote-unquote failed. Uh, you know, they couldn't hit the power for another rep, but that's very advanced. I would not use that. So, especially in some of these moderate, like, the most, what most people are doing with the tempo and the sweet spot stuff, you're not supposed to really fail. So, it, it is just 
back off and again get the two by 20 in today and then you can reassess tomorrow do you need an off day do, you know is the threshold off is there something uh, because usually doing the thing answers a lot of questions and and, and hopefully will make you fitter <laughs> uh, but it is it's being curious and learning a bit so i think that's you know if there was a message here is is sort of make a decision to follow one the one that feels right to you for that day and then you could talk about it with a coach or you could just see like what happens if i do it this way do i feel really tired tomorrow you know does it seem like i'm better and maybe that's the right answer for you mm -hmm. perfect all right hopefully that cleared things up rather than confusing things more probably a little bit of both okay hopefully well, you and we do something. have a post that goes with this podcast uh it'll be on the same podcast page yep so make sure you check out consummateathlete.com we'll link to it in the show notes or actually it'll be the show notes page so if you just head over to consummateathlete.com you'll find it uh and of course if you have any other questions please hit us up over on instagram at consummateathlete or uh head over to our page we have a contact form uh yeah and check all around the site we have like i say lots of new fun stuff so yeah hope to see you over there have a great rest of your week and enjoy training in the cold. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you want to hear more training, racing, and endurance sport advice, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at consummateathlete.com for a weekly dose of inspiration and advice straight to your inbox.